it's Billy. Welcome to the Start Small Believe Big Podcast, a safe place for those who find themselves desiring to find their footing in the middle of a life change, yet feel inadequate, unwise, and unprepared. You don't have to have it all together to start with one small step. I believe as we allow Jesus to work in and through our lives, one step, decision, and action at a time, we will find peace and fulfillment. The Lord rejoices as the work begins. So sit down and get comfy or turn up the volume while you work out or get life done. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Today, I want to welcome Marilyn Seiden and Robin Elizabeth Miller, authors of Finding Common Ground, One Octogenarian's Quest to Help Our Nation Heal. Marilyn has lived through much, the aftermath of World War II, Korea, and the horror of Vietnam. She's navigated good political administrations and struggling ones, a thriving economy and want. Her eight decades of experience living in the U.S. have shown her the best America has to offer, and unfortunately, the worst. But she never thought America would become a place of vitriol and despair. So she decided to do something about it. Thank you, Marilyn. Through a series of epic journeys across America, Marilyn discovered what she was after, practical advice on how to help our nation heal. But she found something she wasn't expecting, something far more powerful. Marilyn found our common ground. Robin has authored eight nonfiction books, as well as numerous articles, essays, and stories, and maybe even more than we even know. <laughs> Robin speaks, teaches, and edits, and coaches authors across a variety of areas. She's taught at workshops, many masterminds, retreats, and writers' conferences along the West Coast, and has spoken nationally. Robin lives with her British husband and the youngest of their four cheeky children, I love that, <laughs> in the snowy woods. Oh! She does not live in the snowy woods I just found out anymore. She has moved to Oregon. And when she's not writing, Robin loves singing, felling trees, and making bacon from scratch. I love that. Bacon from scratch. Welcome, ladies. So many stories just within <laughs> your bios. I am Thank loving you, it. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. It's great to be here. Great to have you guys. Well, first, I want to start off with about the book. Just tell me about, you know, a bit about the book and how you guys came together to produce this together. I'll start and Robin, you can fill in everything that I forget to say and, and more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Deal. For a long time, I, you know, I lived during the Vietnam War and that was such a troubling time in our country. Uh, we didn't know whether to applaud the what our country was doing or there were marches for peace, and then our, our poor veterans came home, and it was, um, we didn't treat them well. There's no other way of, of saying it. And in the last few years, it feels like our country is in that same place of discord, that the vitriol and anger and not talking to your neighbor, and it seemed to transcend, I have relatives all over the country and friends as well, and it seemed to not just be a California thing, not just a blue state or a red state thing. Uh, conservator or liberal, everyone was feeling the discord in our country. And I don't know about you, but it just seems wrong. It seems like that isn't the plan that we're supposed to, we're supposed to do. So I thought, and then Robin came in almost from the get go uh, as a friend and advisor and let's do the, oh, this sounds exciting. 
and to see where our country is. And that was the purpose of the trip, to go to as many places as I could and talk to as many people as I can to find out um, what's going on. And I, I asked but one question when I was talking to folks is, if you could think of one or two things that would help our country heal and find common ground, what would it be? And then I got quiet. That was one of the things Robin said. Shh, don't don't talk. Once once you ask the question, be quiet. So that's what I did, and uh, ended up traveling about four thousand miles and talking to three, four hundred, maybe more people, and just listening, mostly just listening. So that's, that's beautiful. And, and and how I stepped in originally, Marilyn um, just wanted some kind of direction to take all this information that she gleaned on on all of these trips and she took them over a long period of time took copious notes she had wonderful stories and wonderful information but it wasn't really in a final form and so the original relationship that kind of grew was we were talking about structure and 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 what she really wanted to say because it, it was kind of, it was, it was wonderful to hear how many people had something to say and wanted to be a part of the healing. But when you're talking about a book form, it has to have some sort of structure and sense and, 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 um, kind of direction and focus. Cause she had, she has probably about 10 books worth of, of, of notes and things. But, um, we just kind of worked a little bit together to, to find that structure and to find what she wanted to say with this book, what she wanted to highlight here. And um, that just sort of grew and the relationship grew. And I'm passionate about the subject, too. Um, obviously, I don't think anybody really, especially if you if you believe in Jesus and you know yeah. that we're commanded to, as far as we can, live at peace with each other. And we're not doing that as a nation and we're not representing that very well yeah. as a church. Um, so I, obviously, the subject was incredibly important and it was very moving. So um, we at one point, we just decided that we were going to co-write the book. And um, that's kind of how it all all worked together. And it's been one of the, out of all the books that I've written and all the things I've done, I think this project has been one of the most um, impacting on me professionally and personally uh, to get the opportunity to work with Marilyn. So, so I'm very grateful that she stumbled into a, a writing retreat I had at, at, at Lake Tahoe all those years ago, because um, that's where we met and that's where it all started. So wonderful opportunity to be able to help bring all of that journey and work and and wisdom to the world. Yeah. Wow. Divine appointment there, isn't it? It's amazing how that happens. Marilyn, what is, what do you think is the most surprising because you did this pre-COVID. So during the time that you were doing this, what do you think is one of the most surprising things you learned on your journeys? And I want to sort of tag that into um, how things got worse during COVID when it came to division and all of that and, and how that journey you took helped you deal with it, even getting to a, a worse point, if you could believe that. <laughs> None of us could at the time. So <laughs> I think, I think the most surprising thing is, well, there are several, but one of them is that I was able to listen and not talk. <laughs> I just, I just kept that mantra inside of me. Listen, listen, listen. Don't go spewing your left wing, right wing, conservative, liberal bias and listen to folks. The other thing is that not one person was, this was surprising. Not one person was dismissive or, Oh, lady, go away. Or why should I care? And even the folks that didn't have 
have something, I don't know what I do, but you tell me and I'll do it. Everyone wanted to do something. There wasn't one person that said, oh, I think we're doing okay. Everyone knows we're messy and everyone wants to wanted to do something about it. And the other big surprise was the number of people that are actually doing something about it. It wasn't just Marilyn on her little thing, reminding people to be kind and listen and be good to each other. People all over the country are caring deeply and want to do something big or small. Some are super tiny. I met a dentist who who was cleaning up a street and said, I used to clean teeth. Now I'm cleaning the street. He might have been in his 80s. I don't, I didn't ask. So, but you know, little things that you'd say, well, that's a little thing to big things. People deciding, you know, our state, our county don't have, doesn't, didn't have a recycling thing. So I said, we need a recycling thing and they got it started. Um, but that surprised me that there were so many people doing and that no one, no one wanted to do nothing. Everyone wanted to do something, whatever it was. That's so hopeful, isn't it? It gives me great hope that, you know, it isn't as bad as we think it is sometimes and as divided as we think it is. And um, and I think seeing people face to face is a bit different than people being able to be behind their computers on social mm-hmm. media and Absolutely. able to say things, you know, um, harshly. But uh, another question for you, Marilyn, how'd your family take you taking off and if my mother had said to me I'm gonna take off and I'd be like my you're crazy don't do that that's not safe like (laughs) I would be so protective how did your family react well I got a really cool family first of all (laughs) I've got children that are all grown and have kids of their own and a husband who's an American Baptist minister and was very willing to um, bless the trip I have a whole slew of people that were willing to pray for me every step of the way. And there's something that you two don't know yet, but as you get older, you'll begin to know that when you get to be a certain age, there's sort of the mentality of don't mess with grandma. (laughs) And and there was no one that there was no threatening on the way. I didn't meet anybody who was nasty. Um, And I, I think it was not because I just lucked out, but because people in general want to be kind. And so, and I checked with my family on a daily, they said, call me. Uh, The one mantra that I heard from a couple of my kids is, mom, you know how trusting you are. Don't go in anyone's house. (laughs) And uh, I was only tempted once and she must've been in her mid nineties. Okay. I'm listening to my kids, but I want to go inside, but I won't. So we talked on the porch on her porch, but uh, you know, people are really, people are really nice. Yeah. And I think that, that's one of the bennies of getting older is that they excuse your stumbling. They excuse that your shoes don't match or that you're wearing polka dots with stripes and, and that you're not very fa- that you don't run across streets anymore. And can, can I tell you one quick story? Yes, please. This, this is fascinating. That touched me. So that I'm trying to remember, I, I sort of took some notes to say where the, I think it was New York, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that I was driving on this street, not a super busy street and cars were lined up in either direction waiting for this older woman, my age or older, uh, dragging her shopping cart across the street and no one was honking horns. And finally one young man got out of his car and walked up to her, took her cart and dragged it the rest of the way across the street 
and went to her car and loaded the groceries in her car mm-hmm. and, and made sure she was okay. And no one honking their horns and say, come on, buddy. They, in fact, several got out of their cars and applauded. Oh, so in New York, in New York, York. Yeah. Well, it wasn't New York city. I'll say that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was upper New York, but I think people, I think there's a lot of good people yeah. and we just have to recognize that they're good people. Yeah. We need to tap uh, into can, can I, can I tell you a quick story too, Billy? Please. So when, when Mar- Marilyn was telling me this, it goes to your question about her family. Marilyn does not have a normal family because she's not a normal woman. And let me tell you, one of the first things that she said to me about this trip that just blew me out of the water. She was telling me she literally, you know, put on her Birkenstocks, threw a, sleep, or a sleeping bag and a backpack kind of in the back of her Subaru and went. And then she very apologetically, almost as if she was embarrassed, said something like, oh, and I have to put a four inch um, f- uh, futon sleeping pad. So so when I sleep outdoors under the stars, you know, I'm too old to just sleep directly on the ground. And I'm looking at her thinking a four inch futon on the ground would kill my back. This woman is old enough to be my mom and she's apologizing for not being able to just sleep directly on the ground. And I, I, and she didn't even think that was remarkable, but this is her mentality and this is her family's mentality. They are, they are adventurers and they are, they're world changers and they are, um, they're about people and, and no sacrifice or, or discomfort is, is beyond them. But when I, when she told me that, I mean, very apologetically, like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed that I have to sleep on a pad on the ground. I thought this is not a normal woman. This is not, this is a woman who has slept on the ground under the stars before and probably older than I am now. And yes. So, so that's what she's coming from. And her family knows that about her because she's the one who raised them. And, and they were, you know, they just came around her so supportively, but you know, giving the, check in mom and don't go in the anybody's house yeah. kind of things but but it's an incredibly supportive family she's a, she has a wonderfully remarkable family but again she raised them so exactly and Marilyn I just want to say I want to be you when I grow up I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of wanted to be Robin when I grow up because it would well, be really fun to be able to have that mental capacity of oh yeah well, if you just turn this around a little bit yeah, that sounds really good. And I'm thinking, oh, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's <laughs> the, the, the second year we knew each other, I, I informed her that she was adopting me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just it. kind of, that was it. I didn't really <laughs> ask you. very much permission. I just said, please. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so funny. You know, Robin, earlier you said that this book really, um, I forget the exact words you, you said, but it changed you. It was, it, it yeah. challenged you. It, you grew through it. Tell me some about that. Like, what was it about the book that helped you grow, you you know, your own self, but also as an author? Just tell me about that. I think the initial process is when you read about somebody's story, and and Marilyn has this wonderful tagline, and it is re-enlist at any age. So she has well earned a rocking chair, and it's gathering dust because she's got stuff to do on behalf of Jesus until she's gone. And, and so you Amen. can't help but being changed by, I, I, I've now stolen a phrase from one of my friends um, who says it's about her son, but I say it about Marilyn. Everybody needs a Marilyn in their life. You can't help, but, but when you're feeling kind of older or tired or busy or whatever, to look at her attitude and not be just changed by that. And yeah. then of course the material is changing because you're, you're reading people who are open and you get, we get, 
we've had this buzzword of fake news um, that has been just everywhere for a couple of years now, especially. But you realize that's actually really true. Not, I'm not just talking about political stuff. I'm talking about the way that America is being portrayed. Right. Because we see the media, we see the social media, we see the, the wars on Twitter between stars, and we see all that. But what we're not seeing is what the real people are saying and doing. And so that that changed me. But personally, when you have, um, I don't know if you, you did this when you had kids, when you have a faith, it's, and it can be inside you, unless you have a need to be, unless you're a pastor, unless you're speaking or whatever, you just kind of, all your thoughts are in your head. But when your kids are asking about Jesus or when you're giving your testimony to somebody, you really have to think about what you truly believe, yeah. what it is. And you, you, you think about it in a different way when you actually articulate it. So when I read about all these things that were happening, obviously I'm resonating and it was, it was encouraging and life changing and convicting a little bit, you know, um, because mm-hmm. action is, is kind of needed here and we all can do something. But when I was part of the writing process, I had to really think about what is it that I really believe? What is it that I want this book as a legacy and as Marilyn's legacy um, to, to really say? And you, you, there's a million things you can always talk about in, in any book. Well, for me, there's a million things that I can always talk about. But um, when I'm critiquing somebody or when I'm editing or something, I always do the one big thing. What is the one thing that the only thing that somebody gets out of this, what would it be? And for me to articulate that for myself as I'm writing and helping to craft this, it really solidified that I, um, I absolutely believe that everyone has a part to play. Both they can contribute and they should contribute. And so I have absolutely been, um, convicted of that, encouraged by that. And hopefully we've, we've been able to show through all of the, the stories that we chose. Cause like, like Marilyn said, there are hundreds of stories to choose from. Yeah. Um, but I hope that we've selected people that are just regular people seeing a need, making a, a difference kind of, kind of stories that we can identify with and say, right, this world is our responsibility while we're here to bring light to it. And on behalf of Jesus, we need to be a part of the solution. And we can't just leave it for the other guy. Marilyn, at nearly 80 years old, did not leave it for the other guy on her own yeah. dime, her own time. And apparently a four-inch mattress, <laughs> you know, she went throughout the entire United States to try to be a part of the solution. And you can't, you can't be a part of that without being a little bit convicted, not in a judgmental way, but in a, wait a minute, I have something to offer. God's given me skills and abilities and contacts and whatever. What is he calling me to do in my own little area, little corner of the world? So not everybody's going to take, you know, a year off to cross the country multiple times, but we can do something right where we are. And you said something about the, um, the social media thing, the, the anger is so easy to hide behind when you don't have to look at somebody face to face. So that's one of the biggest takeaways in this is about community. It's really important to forge community. So I've been convicted, especially now that I've just moved. I mean, literally just moved as we just talked about boxes surrounding me. Um, I'm really convicted about, about making sure that I don't just treat this as a temporary stop onto somewhere else in five years to treat it as the community that I'm planted in right now and to to make connections. So that's part of my takeaway is, is that, that community piece. Yeah. Lots of, lots of connections. I mean, lots of, of changes happened from this book and, and knowing Marilyn, but that's, that's probably the biggest one for me right now. 
You know, I'd like to just tag on to that, that one of the things that I try, I try really hard to be a Jesus follower the best I can. Mess up all the time, but I try that. And one of the things that seems to be scriptural is that God seems to love variety. And I mean, how old was Moses again? Wasn't he 80 when he did his best work? And Noah was no spring chicken. And um, there is nowhere, and I've asked a lot of pastors that should know, where in the scripture does it talk about retirement? (laughs) It isn't there. You do this and this and this and this, and then you die. (laughs) I want to be that kind of a person. I don't want to be the retired person. And I have a lot of heroes in my life. I mean, look at someone like Jimmy Carter, who doesn't believe in retirement. Or Mother Teresa, who never believed in retirement. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us that, um, yes, I don't do it as fast as I used to, probably, maybe faster in some things, but there's something for all of us to do. And if we don't do it, it isn't going to get done. And I don't want to be that person that God says, well, almost well done, good and faithful servant, but you messed up here and here and here. I don't think God's going to say that, but... If that were the case, I want to make sure I've left it all. In, I've, I, there's nothing left. It's all laid on the line. Yeah. I'd love your spirit in that, Marilyn and Robin, what you said, you know, just this almost leaving that legacy of Jesus. You know, I, yep. I, I talk a lot about leaving God's fingerprints, you know, being in the baseball world, our lives are always crazy, but I want to make sure I'm leaving God's fingerprints wherever I go. And I want them to know Jesus when I leave, like at least know who he is, you know, and, and serving in those places. But um, I think it's a, this is, I'm excited to read the book myself. I have not read it yet, full disclosure, but I'm very excited to read it. Marilyn, what do you, what was one of your favorite places that you ended up or, or your favorite experience that you had in all of these interviews. Do you have one or two that really stick with you? Yeah, probably there's two. One was very negative and and made me very sad. And that was when I visited the Westboro Baptist Church and Mm -hmm. Rainbow House right across the street from it. And both locked up tighter than a drum. Both, I mean, Westboro Baptist Church is manicured to the T, the only thing I could find was some scripture on it that I didn't wasn't to my liking and the flag that was flying upside down on the flagpole. But and right across the street, the the deadened, uh, the grass dead and the rainbow house, very welcoming. But both facilities were locked up, couldn't get in. I was going to be the hero and come and bring these two factions together. And <laughs> we're going to say, oh, see the light didn't happen. But when I returned the next day, there was this young man who had brought his kids they were going on a dad's outing um, with several, several and other people. And we started to talk and he, and when I asked him the question, he said, I got to wonder which lawn Jesus is sitting on. And that question just has pondered. And he concluded probably we need Jesus on both lawns, but um, with different problems. And then the other story I met, this woman had to be in her nineties somewhere in, I think it was Nebraska who had a garden to die for just everything blooming to perfection. And she invited me. That was the one place I was invited to go inside, but we stayed on the front porch and she talked about her life and how through the gift of her answer. When I asked her the question, she said, I think we need more flowers. How many angry people do you see smelling flowers? 
and I had to think, um, I don't think there are any people that smell flowers and that she gives them away to folks that are perfect flowers. And she also mentored this young, young man who came in because she was teaching, helping him with his reading. And he was maybe nine or 10 and, and, um, she was helping him. And I thought, okay, it's in the little stuff, isn't it? And I think that's a lesson for me personally. It isn't in the wahoo, I've changed all the rules in Congress and now I'm the hero because we've got voting rights and we've got no civil disobedience and everybody loves everybody, but rather in who did I love today and what did I do today and um, did I did I apologize for the poor choice of words that I used without thinking? And I think that's the lesson that's, that is good for all of us. You know, yeah. Watch our that's words. Really good. That's really, really, really good. So what are you guys doing on next projects? Are we going to be seeing a second book coming after this one? Is there, you know, have we found more common ground? <laughs> I, well, yes, there, we've already talked about another project and um, it, it's, it's going to be a collaboration of, of wisdom that we kind of wish we'd known by 40 kind of Ooh. kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be along those lines, incorporating a lot of what was learned in, in um, common ground. But I would love, I haven't, I haven't really talked to Marilyn about this because I've got another book coming out in the summer and it's like the move and everything. Know, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I would love to see, you know, more common ground, the se- you know, kind of thing, a, a, a sequel, because there was, there was just so much richness. And like, like I said, you can only put so much in a book and you want to make sure that you are not overwhelming people with too many concepts and ideas in, in one book, because it washes out any real meaning when you've got too many things going on. It's kind of like having everything at a buffet on one plate, you kind of lose whatever the star of the show should be. Um, so I think that there's a lot more to, to come um, from that trip, those trips and that information. And I'm still getting people writing to me um, who know about the book and the, tr- and the trip and things and say, Oh, I know somebody who is doing this. And Oh, I know somebody who's doing that. Wow. So I would love to, to see us really start to highlight um, what people are doing, because I think that when you feel um, that nobody is doing anything or you just see the kind of the media slant of it, you can get real disheartened. But obviously both Marilyn and I feel strongly about encouraging people not only to do something themselves, but to know that other people are doing something too. And it's making huge impact. So I think we could do a more, more common ground kind of sequel thing. Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to mention it like to Marilyn. That. I like that. <laughs> uh, I can see that happening too. And expanding it to folks like you, Billy, on what, what, oh, what do you have a story or three to tell? Because yeah. I bet you do, you know. You're more yeah. than this is baseball person, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, this podcast is obviously one of the things that yeah. you've chosen to to do, share your faith and share what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's a beautiful place to serve Jesus where he has you, isn't it? And that's, I yeah. think, the, the one thing that um, 
I'd love to encourage people in. And I feel like your book is going to do that, that it is so, that's why I named this podcast, Start Small, Believe Big. Not believe big, God can make you a world changer. Believe in the small beginnings that he gives you where you are with whatever he's asking you to do with that one thing, you know, if it's one decision, one act, you know, whatever it is that God has placed you there to, to do that for him. And it may be, you know, a person you don't want to sit near or, you know, I joke that, you know, the hardest person at the airport sits next to me, you know, the the most difficult person on a plane sits next to me. <laughs> but those are the people that God puts in front of me and ask me to serve. And I love that that you focused on on this book in that and what people are doing and and what they think can help change um, the world, really. So if I want to ask you as we close one piece of advice, one suggestion in that you want to make sure others know about finding common ground? Both of you. I guess for me, I wish that we would listen to each other more, that we would stop um, waiting for you to finish your sentence so that I can say my sentence and just listen no, there were several folks I talked to that were of a different faith than mine, and um, and they were wonderful, you know, and and they made, in, they impacted my life, even though probably we won't, at least on our faith, we won't find common ground. But I don't, I no longer need to look at that person as, oh, he's probably ready to blow up the world because yeah. he wasn't. So that would be, that would be. I guess one of the things I would add to that. That's really good. I think that um, for, for me, Marilyn was going to, that was my first answer. Learning to listen is absolutely kind of the key thing that I, I got here. Um, but I also think that when we look for the bad, we see the bad. And when we look for the good, we see the good. And what this project has shown me and hopefully what other people are going to see, we had some wonderful endorsements from a lot of people. And I was a little wondering how these people were going to react. So we had a radio, Jody Stevens and Francine Rivers and, and uh, the TV uh, actress, speaker, writer, Wendy Lou Lee, who played baby Grace on Little House on the Prairie. They all kind of said the same thing. They were, were encouraged to move, to act to do something. So it wasn't just a, a good read and encouraging and then we go about our lives. It was about, there was an action point to it for all of them. Um, and when you can move somebody to act, whether it's like, like Marilyn was saying, a 90 year old woman who is teaching a, you know, an eight, nine year old boy to read or giving out a flower or whatever you're doing, there's something somewhere that you can do. So what I'm hoping is that readers will all be that, even if it's a, they, they feel it's a tiny prick of light. As you know, because it's your podcast, don't despise small beginnings because what we look at as a grain of sand, God looks at as a beach. And he's asking us all to carry that grain of sand maybe. And we think it's small, but eventually it's a beach. So I, I think that for me, that's it is, Get prepared to act, be prepared to be challenged, but it's not a scary thing because God's given you that, that mission field, wherever you are placed, he's yeah. going to call you to something specifically. And it's not going to be necessarily a big, wide, long trip. It, it's not a huge organization necessarily or whatever. Sometimes it is just a flower. Sometimes it is just, just a step forward or a kind word. And 
Be prepared to not only be moved and challenged, but be prepared to be part of bringing light to this world. I don't think you can read the book and not somehow be a part of, of shining the light of Jesus into our worlds. That's my, that's my hope. And that's my thought. And that's been our experience so far. So that's lovely. Lovely. I just, it's so wonderful. It makes me want to go and do something and I'm a doer. So that just fires me up. So (laughs) thank you guys so much. I I really want to encourage everyone listening to the show to go to the show notes, find the link to the book, find the links to, to find out more about Robin's writings and Marilyn and all that she's doing. And I just thank you both for being here today. Thank you, Robin and Marilyn for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having us, Billy. Appreciate it. Very welcome. You're very welcome. It's such a pleasure to meet you and what you're doing. Thank you. And I just thank everyone for listening. I pray this podcast has encouraged you to allow Jesus to work in and through your life, one step, decision, and action at a time. Thank you for joining us today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. And I hope you're back with us for another episode. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.